The Koi Gig Pod. We were too quick to drop off 3v1. That's been a problem that we actually stopped against Scotland because Niamh Fahey stepped in to stop Caroline Weir. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. Yeah, we're going to turn our attention to race now for the next half an hour. David Jennings, for the third time, I'm going to make this joke today, but David is going to tip a load of winners now. Unfortunately, they all ran in 2022. Jenno, how are you? <laughs> Thanks very much, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, I say that in jest because your tipping in the race and post over Christmas was actually top, top notch. Oh, thanks very much, Johnny. Yeah, what's rare is wonderful. It was one of them rare Christmases when everything went according to plan. Well, as in most things, but uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad at all. There. Yeah, you've you've uh, two young kids as well. You came, um, but despite all of that, I met you at Leopardstown, and you were cool as a cucumber Joe, throughout the three days I was there. Yeah, yeah, I actually love that meeting at Leopardstown. It's mm. real. Uh, everybody's in good form over over the festive period, and you see people that I'd say a lot of people actually only go to that meeting. Um, you know, if they go racing, they pick that meeting at Leopardstown. You've got the marquee afterwards. You've got the music. And, you know, racing is over quite early as well. Last race in around half three. So you have plenty of time to get home and uh, enjoy the festivities at home. Yeah, there were certainly lots of young fans there on day one. I, I got the Lewis home and um, I was literally like absolutely... Um, squeezed into um, one corner of the Lewis with probably about, I'd say, the guts of a thousand kids who were probably about 18, 19, had all been racing, um, had a had a, had a good day, uh, you know, certainly had a, a fun day and started singing the fields of Attenry. So I just had to had to get into the festive spirit, I suppose. Yeah, it's funny the different, uh, the different days at Leprosyne. Day one is for, you know, the 18 to 25-year-olds. And then as the week progresses... You've got the proper racing fans. Like the last day, you see people that go, you know, to Turles on a Thursday. They go because mm. there's a smaller crowd on the last day. And uh, early on in the week, it's kind of gradually gets older and older as the week goes on in Leprosan. But uh, all shapes and sizes, Johnny, at Leprosan over the four days. Just in terms of the year at the start, in terms of 2022, when we are looking back, I suppose the things that come to mind for me, um, the death of Lester Piggott, who obviously was before our time, but one of the true greats, um, you know, Lester Piggott and, and Pele both passing away in the same year, um, possibly the two most iconic figures for their respective sports. You had the bombshell of Davy Russell announcing his retirement just before Christmas. Um, you had, uh, you know, Willie Mullins having the year that he had. You had uh, Baid being crowned the best runner since Frankel and so on what were your highlights oh god there's so many Johnny I suppose the most recent one is Davy Russell really because it was uh, it was on the day of the World Cup final and I'll never forget because you know in our job Johnny you try and get ahead of the game and usually we're behind and you're on the back foot but I was in a great place the World Cup final was at 3 o'clock I said I get all my work done now by half two and uh, I was actually and my boss Richard Forrest will tell you this like for the first time ever I had everything in on time and everything was going perfectly and then bang Davy Russell retires on a on a quiet Sunday in Turles before Christmas like you think he would have left it till uh, till, till Leprosyne at Christmas or one of the bigger meetings because you know he is a celebrity figure certainly in racing and on the preview night circuit he's a serious character and you would think maybe live on RTE would have been the time to do it and and you know, there was there was obviously talk of it happening sooner rather than later, but then it happened right before the World Cup final, and you're like, "Oh, Davy, what are you doing to me?" But uh, what a career, Johnny! Like I've I've written plenty about it over the last couple of weeks, but um, I think uh, Charles Byrne summed it up well when he was talking about his big gamble in Roscommon. Like there was no nobody else he'd rather be legging up on the last horse for that gamble that he landed, whatever amount of money he won on the day. But uh, 
on the big day when it mattered most, Davy was such a cool, cool cucumber. Like he was, he was everything you want in a jockey. He was stylish. He was, you know, he was a winner. Like he was a proper elite sportsman. And um, he'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. And it was probably the end of an era. Richie Parson and Racing Post wrote about like all the, the great jockeys that retired in recent years. So like Ruby Walsh, Barry Garrity, AP McCoy, and now even Robbie Power retired relatively recently as well. And now you've got Davy Russell, who's who's up there with them. You know, he mightn't mightn't have been quite as good as, as Ruby Walsh. He wasn't far behind Johnny. And um he come back from the injury that he came back from, like was an astonishing feat, and it just shows you the measure of the man there. That's obviously one of the recent highlights. Obviously, as regards equine uh, performances, Baid was brilliant all through the summer. It was, a, it was a pity that he was beaten in the in the champions' takes on his final start because I think if he won that, we'd be very much arguing about is he better than see the stars? Is he better than Frank Hill? We know now that he's not. So it's that's a pity that you know he was beaten on his on his final start. Obviously, Leicester, like we've heard of Leicester, we were probably a little bit too young, myself and yourself, Johnny, just to really appreciate Leicester in his prime. But we've seen the videos, we've heard the stories. And the stories are absolutely remarkable. Like Tony O'Hare used to tell me stories about Leicester over the years. And uh, he was some character, Johnny. I wouldn't have minded uh, spending an hour in his company when he was in his prime. No, I remember him coming into the Curra one day and uh, his daughter Tracy was probably working um, for RTE the same day. And Leicester would kind of just, he'd come into the press room. You, you may have been there. But you'd hardly notice he was there. And then you'd look around and there was Leicester. And I, I, I said, this is my opportunity. So I went over to Leicester and I said, Leicester, Leicester, would you mind taking a photo of me and Tracy? And uh, he, he took it in good spirits, to be fair. Let's go back to January, right? <laughs> <laughs> Start of the year, Shishkin Honours Jameen was the highlight. Absolutely. One of the, the greatest jump races of the modern era. It wasn't at Cheltenham. So in many ways, it was a bit of a surprise to see this big clash between the, the best Irish two-mile chaser and the best English two-mile chaser. And I think what made this race so great was that everything went right for Energy Mean. Um, he jumped brilliantly out in front. He traded really short and running. He he looked spectacular for nine-tenths of the race. And then somehow, Shishkin, who at the time we thought was this superstar, who was every bit as good as Altior, who maybe wasn't quite as good a sprinter sacker, but he, we kind of thought at that stage that he was on that level. And he came and he nabbed him right on the line. And it was one of them performances when you said, how did he actually get there? Like it was it was an astonishing performance and that handshake between Nico de Boinville and, and Paul Tennant after the race, like it was it was everything that racing should be, real competitive in the race and then best of friends when the race is over. But uh, yeah, we didn't get the rematch we wanted at Cheltenham in March because Shishkin was pulled up relatively early and you know, he's run poorly since in the Tingle Creek as well. So something is wrong there. But that was when he was at his very best. So that was a cracking race, Johnny. A great start to the year. Yeah, I, I had a lot of money on Shishkin at uh, Shelton thinking left-handed. He couldn't um, he couldn't uh, not confirm the form, but he pulled up. And obviously, as General mentions, he's under a cloud. I, I hope some of you took my advice about Blue Lord winning the champion chase. I think he was 33-1. to 1. I was on with JD a few weeks ago. And he has a bit of a life, but uh, as General mentions, Honor Jameen on his day um, is exceptional. Uh, just moving on, February DJ. Oshin Murphy got a 14-month ban. Um, and it's been a, I think it's fair to say it's been a topsy-turvy career for the man. Yeah, he obviously has his demons, Johnny. And mm. hugely talented, like as as ability wise he's up there with with the best in recent years like to be a champion jockey so young and to be given the opportunities that he's been given so young um he has his demons he's hopefully faced them now um 
Like he probably the ban looking back on on the list on the charge sheet, you probably say to yourself, he actually got away okay because mm. there was a lot of things that he was done for, be it COVID breaches, um, breath tests, a lot of different things that he failed, and he seems to have done very well in the time he's been off. And, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing him return and just seeing can the old Ushie Murphy return because if he's got that, if he's got his private life in order. Like how could he be on the? How good could he be on the track, Johnny? Because he's a he's an exceptional talent. He's a like he has the ability, given his age, like he has the ability to spend the next two decades at the very very top. And you, as I said, you just hope he's got his private life sorted because if he's his private life sorted, the future is very very bright for Rushy Murphy. Brings us on to March then Cheltenham, and obviously uh, Rachel Blackmore comes into the record book. She wins the jockey uh, the Cheltenham Gold Cup aboard at Plutard. It's the first female to do that. Uh, kind of um, the culmination of an amazing run for Rachel since she sort of teamed up um, with Henry de Bromhead. Honeysuckle obviously won as well for both, and uh, it was you know a remarkable uh, festival for both. Um, what, what I suppose what, when you're looking back at Cheltenham now, what what were your highlights? When I look back at it now, Johnny, you know what I say to myself? That Henry de Bromhead's achievement of winning the champion hurdle and the Gold Cup two years in a row mm. probably flew a little bit under the radar because Rachel won the Gold Cup. Um, like, that's an astonishing achievement. To think that going into the 2023 Cheltenham Festival, that no trainer has won the race other than Henry de Bromhead, either race, the two championship races, the champion hurdle and the Gold Cup for two years, like, that takes an awful lot of doing to get your best horses, cherry ripe, on the big day and ready to perform to do it twice with Honeysuckle and then to have the one two in the Gold Cup two years in a row obviously the first year Manilindo beat um, Aplutar and then Aplutar beat Manilindo that's an astonishing achievement like we might never see the likes of that again in our lifetime like um, and that's probably it probably just flew a little bit under the radar I remember talking to Ted Walsh about that um, relatively recently and he agreed like he thought that achievement was as big as any achievement in 2022 and, and he's probably right Um Obviously, you know, Willie, 10 winners. For Willie Mullins, I know he's got the best horses. He's got the big owners. He um, has got himself and Gordon have something of a monopoly in Ireland. But still, to train 10 winners at the Shetland Festival takes some doing. And you have to have your team in really good order going into that week to train so many winners. So another another fantastic Shetland for the Irish. 18-10 was the final score. Um, it was a brilliant festival. We obviously missed the year before because of COVID. The atmosphere finishes uh, everything about Cheltenham 2022 is is what you love about Joe Brayton. Yeah and uh, Geno mentions Melindo he actually returns at Tremor tomorrow he brings us on to April Geno and uh, Sam Willie Cohen wins on Noble Yates in the National I think I watched that in the Swan pub actually having worked here on the day couldn't get over it Paul Byrne a mutual friend of ours obviously um, had sold this horse and still said it was like essentially the highlight of his kind of uh, day of his racing career I was actually on the tube in London doing a bit for odds checker there a few months back and like you know how big London is got on the tube and looked across me and there was Sam Willie Cohen and he's kind of one of these Corinthian riders DJ he's a bit of a gent but I, I think he's actually underrated in terms of his, his riding ability yeah he's obviously a dentist as well so mm. I, I'll never forget the first time I properly met Sam Willie Cohen I was doing a bit of tipping for Richard Little in uh, in Dan Patrick and Absolute Sam Willie Cohen in the game Oh, an absolute hero. Uh, Sam um, brought clients over to St. Patrick for the day. Lovely, lovely track. Um, real enjoyable day out if ever you want to go to St. Patrick. One of the lower key meetings. But I remember chatting to him that day. Like he was talking to me as if he was, if he was Johnny Ward. Like he was, he was really, really nice and pleasant. And like his record over the Grand National fences, like it was, it was almost written in the stars that he was going to go out on the back of winning the Grand National because 
he has as good a record as anybody has ever had over the Grand National fences. And for an amateur to do that, to win the Grand National on your final ride, on your dad's horse, like this is this is fairy tale stuff. And I'll never forget, um, I was best man for um for my best mate who got married a couple of years ago. And uh, for his stag, we went to Ladies' Day at Aintree. And uh, obviously the pressure was on, you know, I worked for the race and post and I needed to get them winners and... I'll never forget it going in. It was the day Don Cossack actually won. Um, he was seriously impressive that day. But I remember telling everybody my nap of the day was a horse called Ranjani Express who was running mm. the top of him. And uh, it was like, you know, sometimes things just work out. And there was maybe 15 or 20 of us on the stag and we all threw in a few quid. And Ranjani Express absolutely bolted up under Sam Whaley Cohen. And ever since that day, he's been a hero of mine. And um, what a career for an amateur to have such, such success, win a Grand National, on your final ride, what a day! Yeah, things you love to see. We we got on to Mayno and uh, Lester Piggott. Uh, obviously, passed away. Um, Lester once owed Willie Carson a tenner, and three weeks later, he said, "Any sign you give me the tenner back?" And Lester said, "Well, I haven't actually even spent it yet." Um, but obviously, Lester has—he's probably spent it in the meantime. And he's gone to his eternal reward. Died at the age of eighty-six, um, and also in May, Geno Charlie Appleby wins the English, French, and Irish Guineas with Cerebus Modern Games and Native Trail. And we spoke uh, earlier on the show about Arab money in the shape of Ronaldo. Arab money has certainly helped with Godolphin and Charlie Appleby, uh, who's become a hell of a rival for Aidan O'Brien. Absolutely, yeah, and he had them right um, for their classics. Like Native Trail was the big white hope going into this year. He was a brilliant two-year-old, was very good in the in the Dewhurst at the at the end of his juvenile campaign. But um, it just was a little bit disappointing. Unfortunately, Caribus um, suffered a fatal injury mm. in France later on the season. Native Trail didn't turn out to be the horse that maybe we hoped he would. I know he ran well in the Eclipse, but he didn't quite turn out the way. Like at the start of the season, after winning both. Are those three classics in a row? You kind of said to yourself, Charlie Appleby is absolutely going to dominate the three year old division. Didn't quite work out like that, didn't get to, to win the Derby, but um, yeah, phenomenal start to the season for Charlie Appleby. And again, a bit like Sam Whaley Cole, we're being very nice here today, Johnny. But uh, Charlie Appleby, anytime he's come over to Ireland, good lad. Him, he is just really down to earth. Yeah. You ask him a question, he gives you an answer. It's just it's great to see uh, people like that, and uh, more of them in the game would be nice. So Magda Sow wins the Derby Desert Crown in June and this was kind of going back in time you know his sixth Derby Yeah I was there uh, covered it for the race and post actually wrote the report and uh, the love for Sir Michael Stout in England is is amazing like people people absolutely adore this guy because you know he's done it all through the years like like in the 80s 90s and into 2022 um, and, and this like this horse, we have no idea how good he is. Like he absolutely bolted up on the Richard King's coach, and it was nice as well for Richard King's coach to ride the winner of the Derby. An unassuming character, um, had his big day, and he was so cool. Gave the horse the perfect ride, and uh, phenomenal atmosphere. That was my first time ever in Epsom, Johnny. It's a remarkable place, so it is. It's it's the middle of the track, and the amount of people that are in the middle of the track, and the 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 fairs and everything. It's 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 a horrific atmosphere. And if anybody hasn't been to Epsom, I'd advise you to go because. Um, it's a unique place. It's it's I don't know I, I don't even know how you describe it. It's mm. like a it's like a mix of Ballon Robe, Galway, Royal Ascot, all rolled into one. Um it was uh, it was a, 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 certainly an experience anyway, Johnny. Just in terms of so I was at the Irish Derby, Westover wins for Colin Keane, um son of Frankel who really uh, he built on his run at um at Epsom and uh, also during the 
during the month of July five meetings called off due to the heat wave and the the the, the weather was problematic um, anyone noticing that Paris is 17 degrees tomorrow will know that this is not good where we're going here but there are a lot of issues with uh, meetings being called off and uh, later on in the year then we had further problems and with the frost and all that and so forth but ju- just on the Irish Derby itself you know like I, I had a great day at the, the Curra that day but the Curra has serious serious issues going forward yeah yeah it's and you know what like you're the gets, same as me aren't you you enjoy the Curra yeah I do and it gets very bad press and you kind of say to yourself why is the Curra not getting crowds and why do people not want to go racing in the Curra and like I think like there's a lot of things that could have been done differently obviously with the, with the rebuilding and um you know, maybe the betting ring is somewhere it should be, and maybe the the viewing facility for the prey ring should be raised so everybody gets a look at the horse and the prey ring and stuff like that. But other than that, it's a very nice place to go racing. Um, now, I suppose I'm a kind of a glass half full kind of guy, but um, that day when when Westover won the Derby, it was a thoroughly ter- enjoyable day, and I think we we're all delighted for Colin Keane because mm. we've known for some time that that he's the best in Ireland. He's the best for some time in Ireland. He's absolutely terrific, and. Um, it was a big shout by Rafe Beckett and Judmont to give him the ride in the Derby uh, to, to jock Rob Hornby off. And I often think when, when riders do get a chance like that, it's a bit like being on a football team and you're brought in for the, for, for the final. Just say you're brought in for the All-Ireland final and the guy who you're taking over from played really well in the quarterfinal, played really well in maybe the provincial final, but didn't have a good semi-final. And then you're brought in, like serious pressure and you have to perform. And he did everything absolutely perfectly on the day it was a it was really a synopsis of Colin Keane the jockey because he kept it simple and he was always in the right place at the right time and he won by a wide margin so it was a, a terrific day Johnny yeah conversely the, the last time I togged out for my, my local team Shivan Rovers I actually dropped for a final having played uh, every uh, game that year so maybe uh, maybe I never actually recovered from that but we, we, we do back mentally on, scarred you were Johnny mentally scarred um, although to be fair I don't know if I was playing that well at the time we did lose the final just, Probably throwing, not, no. just throwing that in there um, so in August Baid uh, wins the judgment international it brings into August and September Geno Christoph Sumion gets a, a two-month ban for elbowing Ross Ryan in the middle of a race. Really, stuff that should arguably get one um, jail time was that dangerous what he did. And we lost the Queen as well, who, to be fair, I mean, I thought the reaction in Britain was absolutely bizarre to the death of a woman of her age, but she was great for racing. Ah, she was, yeah, yeah. For, for racing, she was, like, it's uh, the importance of her to racing in England, like, we can't comprehend. Like, she was... She had such an interest in it, and like, and to hear that, like, the racing post was delivered to Buckingham Palace every day, like, that's mm. that's unbelievable stuff, really. Like, it's hard to believe that when you were with us as well, Johnny, that that the Queen was actually reading something that we wrote. Um, needless to say, she was probably never disappointed by what she read. But, yeah, never thought of that. But, <laughs> but she did. But she certainly did read it. Um, but yeah, Christoph Sumi on incident. Look, I have a different opinion to any on the incident. Uh, obviously, it was a terrible, terrible thing to do. It looked awful. But I don't necessarily think there was there was massive intent there. I don't think oh, he intended stop, to not cross and not cross Orion off his horse. And I, I thought the, I thought there was a little bit of an overreaction. I thought he was given his suspension. I thought it was the right suspension. Um and let's move on. Like that was that was my opinion. Yeah, you're wrong there anyway. But so in in the, in the Irish Champion Stakes, uh, Luxembourg, who'd had a checkered sort of uh, career in terms of injuries, um, does the job winning it again for Aidan O'Brien. Then in October, Alpinista wins the arc. Um, Baid, as you mentioned, had a pretty pretty tame swan song. And Kevin Manning, uh, who's been around for longer than I've been involved in racing uh, by many years, uh, finally uh, called it a day in, a, in his typically kind of low-key fashion, general. Yeah, absolutely. Like what he must have went through over the years to be successful. 
um, you know, to, to keep his weight under control and to be riding at the highest level at the age he was, like it's it's a phenomenal achievement. Like, and and you go through his career and and his relationship with Jim Bulger, and you think back to to the new approaches, the Teofilos, the real good horses that he rode. Like, it was a terrific association that himself and Jim had, and. Um, you know, when we look back in time, like we'll be looking back on Kevin with fondness. Like he was, you know, there was no drama with Kevin. He went out there, he did his stuff. He didn't do much talking. Like I never personally interviewed him. And even I rang him up to do an interview after he retired. And I said, Kevin, I'd actually love to interview you. I said, I've never interviewed you before. And because uh, he, he's a fascinating character. And he said, no problem. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I was delighted. And we were trying to set up the interview. And then he came back to me the next day and he said, oh, look, I'd, I'd rather leave it, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, so, so he didn't do it, and um, that intrigues me even more. So I'm going to keep chasing him, Johnny. I'm going to try and get that interview with Kevin Manning because uh, a gent of the game. And uh, we can't but mention his boss, Jim Bulger. This was the, t- the issue that was hanging over racing, Jim Bulger's insinuations in relation to uh, um, drugs in racing, which um, were covered to varying degrees in the press, and um, it transpired or it, it came out that, um, well, actually, what's this all about? What's, what's the question now? <laughs> what is this all about? Like, So Jim Bulger, like, there was so much negative publicity about racing. And then, I don't know, did anything come out of this that was like even... Was there any clarity from, you know, the people being hauled in front of the Iraqs committee with, uh, you know, stuff, investigations by people in the paper and so forth? And didn't seem to be any the wiser after it all. No, sure. I suppose we just have to try and trust the system, like, mm. really. Um, and... At the moment, there's, there's obviously been big claims made and um, those big claims um, haven't came to pass yet. But uh, look, there's more rigorous testing. Like, good things have come out of it. There's more rigorous testing. Um, and you'd like to, to think that the game has cleaned up a lot in recent years. So I suppose watch this space, Johnny. But um, you'd like to think that good things have come out of it and that there is more testing and that the game is cleaner. And uh, long may that continue. Yeah, and to be fair to... to um Jim, it certainly put the issue to the fore. We then in November, General, we've a couple of minutes left. We obviously had the Breeders' Cup, three wins for Aidan O'Brien, Meditate, Victoria Road, uh, and Tuesday, and a hell of an ending uh, to the year for Aidan. And then one of the greatest horses I think I've ever seen in National Hunt Racing, Constitution Hill returns in the fight in fifth. Yeah, like I interviewed Barry Garrity um, before his return to action, and Barry Garrity obviously bought the horse and broke it and did all the early work with the horse. He was in his backyard. All his kids rode it. And um, you're kind of wondering, was what he did in, in the Supreme actually true? It was almost like a surreal performance because he won by such a wide margin. He broke the track record. And yes, we knew he was a good horse, but we just wondered, was that real? Like, was that where are we going to see the second coming this year? And it, it's transpired that he is every bit as good as he looked in the Supreme and um, the one thing about Constitution Hill that continues to baffle me, even when he won the Christmas hurdle at Kempton on St. Stephen's Day and when he won the fight in fifth at, at, at Newcastle, he never looks tired at the end of his yeah. races. Like you yeah. think of all the great horses, like some days they had to dig deep and they were knackered passing the line, but you know, their ability and their heart got them home. This lad looks like he's just joining in, turning in. Like he's, he's just exceptionally talented that like, I would love personally, like he's obviously going to win the champion hurdle this year. I know we dare to dream with Honeysuckle and we hope that she can win three in a row. But like Constitution Hill is going to win the champion hurdle. But when you just love we went over fences next season and then tried to do champion hurdle, Gold Cup double, try and do a dawn run. And uh, he, he could do it, Johnny. He really could. He's that good. This is potentially, I know we're, we're probably guilty of getting completely carried away here. 
But I can't remember a time when I was like, so excited about a cup course. I'd agree. Oh. Like you know, you get uh, you get wrapped up in the novices, but I mean the transition he's made, and as as you were saying to, I heard overheard you in the press room. Um, Dicer Diamond, who uh, was was impressive on his chase debut at Leopardstown, they were sent off joint favourites in the Supreme. He was sent off like nine to four, um, when he should have been about one to one to a hundred, really. And you mentioned Honeysuckle, we're nearly there, DJ. She was she was beaten, unfortunately, in the Hatton's Grace in December. Frankie Dottori announced that he'd be retiring um, a year down the line. Um, I think Frankie might be fifty two or three now, so a, a true legend of the game. And then we obviously had um, you know unbelievable racing ask uh, Kempton and Leopardstown. Constitution Hill impressive and Willie Mullins dominating. He won all the graded race in three of the four days at Leopardstown. Yeah, and um, it, it's funny with Willie. Like I, I did a column in the Race and Post today. Like he he sees things completely differently. Like mm. he's just he's just utterly bizarre, but bizarrely brilliant. Like I remember I was writing the report on the Fasal Vega race, the future champions novice hurdle. Like and Fasal Vega wasn't wildly impressive. Like he was very good, but he wasn't brilliant. Like. And I said to Willie, I said, can you give the performance a mark out of 10? And I was fully expecting to say maybe 7 mm. or 8 out of 10 because I asked Paul Town and he said, I said to describe the performance in one word and he said, good. So I went to Willie, give give Fasal Vega a mark out of 10. He said 11 and a half. And I mm. said, 11 and a half, what are you on about? Like, And he goes, I was so impressed. He said, to do what he did to make his own running. We had to revert to plan B. He had to do things differently. You know, he was very free in the first half of the race. And he was so impressed for that performance. Whereas I was kind of a little bit underwhelmed. He was like overwhelmed by the performance. And Willie is just like, will we ever see his like again, Johnny? I don't know. Like no. he's, he's doing remarkable things. And um, yeah. And for Gordon Elliott, like he does deserve a mention, like conflated won the, won the, the Savile chase and Gordon had a treble at Leprechaun on that day. It's very hard for anybody to get a word in edgeways when Willie Mullins is around, but Gordon Elliott is, and Henry de Bromhead, like they're they're managing to still have their big days in the middle of this Mullins monopoly, which uh, which takes some doing, Johnny. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, just finish up. I hope I hope you were on Blue Lord. I was in a cab there uh, maybe three four weeks ago, and Johnny, was... you spend a lot of time in cabs and yeah. trains and tubes and automobiles, and um, so I was like, I, I don't know if you, we got talking. I said, if you back horses, just have a few quid on Blue Lord for the champion chase. He's like twenty five thirty three to one racing club, and he might be placed. And he goes, just I got a tip for that actually the other day. Who's telling me that? And I was like, it wasn't me and off the ball. Oh, geez, it was. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, he'd heard it from me twice, uh, once in a cab, once on the radio. You have 20 seconds to give me your nap for 2023. Oh, God. Uh, Come that's on, really put me on, That's really put me on the spot, Johnny. Uh, my nap for 2023. Um, okay, we'll go to Cheltenham. Uh, look, I'll give you one obvious one and one not so obvious one. The obvious one, uh, I think Gallop and the Shams is the real deal. I think he'll win the Gold Cup. That'll yes, do. He's favourite. That will do. Oh. We've run out of time, Geno. Thanks very much for that. The Koi Gig Pod. But we're too quick to drop off 3v1. That's been a problem that we actually stopped against Scotland because Neil Fahey stepped in to stop Caroline Weir. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now.